Hi, I'm Michael Katz. I'm the creator of Riot Earp and currently Golden Years, which is running on Kickstarter. Uh, jump on Kickstarter and search for Golden Years and pledge. And you are listening to Two Geeks Talking with Kurt Sasso. Thank you very much. Good morning, afternoon, evening, everyone. Two Geeks Talking is an entertainment industry interview show where we interview the creative people from the comic, film, TV, movie, and video game industries. And of course, I'm your host, Kurt Sasso. We are joined today by a very talented, creative individual. He has been on the show in the past before with Riot Earp. We had a blast chatting with him back then. And he's back on the show with an amazing new comic that I happened to get a wonderful chance to read, and it is incredible. Joined by the ever-talented Michael S. Katz. How are you doing today? Hey, good. Uh, thanks for having me, Kurt. Good to have you back on. For those that don't know anything about yourself as a creative person, tell us who you are and what you're bringing to Two Geeks Talking. In my day job, I'm a lawyer. My nights and weekends are spent living the dream of being a comic book creator. I started with, as you mentioned, Riot Earp. We've got three issues in the can, and all three have been you know, more and more successful in Kickstarter as time has gone on. I've got four other projects in the works, including continuing Riot Earp. Currently, I've got Golden Years, which is my first superhero book, and that started on Kickstarter. So far, we're doing great guns with it. Beautiful colors, great character interactions. It felt like a great story and I want to read more because you left it at a great cliffhanger. So mm. darn darn you, as the, the villains would say. But I thought it was just extremely well done and it's good to see that you're branching into this type of genre. So I think it's it's wonderful to see what you have planned. So Riot Arp is kind of a action adventure with a little bit of sci-fi. Golden Years is a superhero. I've got a horror book and I've got a more sci-fi oriented book in the works as well. I like all the genres myself. I like to create, play in all those different playgrounds too. So who's the team around this particular comic of Golden Years? Okay, let's see. Let me go in chronological order instead of who's involved. So my editor is Ron Mars. He's also the editor on Writer. And I came across an artist who works for DC named Jack Herbert. And I approached Jack with uh, an eye towards doing the, the whole series. Jack had some conflicts, so he wasn't able to finish it. So Ron put me in touch with Neto Dia. He's done a lot of stuff for IDW, including G.I. Joe. And he used pages from Golden Years to get in the door at Marvel Comics. So he did a couple issues of Thunderbolts, you know, late last year, and he is now doing Legion of X. And he only does pencils, so Ron hooked me up with Key Champagne uh, on inks. The big thing was I wanted to get a really big name, yet old school talent to do the flashbacks and covers. Because this book jumps back and forth in time. Each issue has three to five pages of flashback. And I worked with Ron to try and find someone. It took a few months. I'd say, hey, Ron, you know so-and-so? Do you know so-and-so? you know so and so and he'd say well i know so and so and so so and so so we never clicked until one day he said hey about kevin mcguire and i was like my eyes jumped you know jumped out of my head because i'm a big fan of kevin's from you know his justice league days you know back in the 80s and he also did a great uh captain america uh miniseries for marvel which was set in the 40s and i, I thought yeah i mean i'm not only my a fan of his but i thought his style would be perfect 
for the flashbacks because golden years is about a golden age, silver age, you know, hero from the 50s who is transported to the present day. And Ron's taught, he reached out to Kevin and Kevin gave it the thumbs up. I got to meet Kevin at the Baltimore Comic-Con last year. And that was, you know, the biggest honors of my life. Super nice guy. Yeah. But it was really cool to, to be able to meet him in person. Well, it's it's always fun to meet heroes of, of ours, people that we grew up reading their stuff and reading their mm -hmm. works. And I'd love to live vicariously through you with through these interviews, mm -hmm. because it's just amazing who you are working with and who you get to work with. Congratulations on getting so many amazing people. Thanks. Yeah, it's it's a great team we got on this book. The Kickstarter campaign officially started today. What are you expecting from this particular campaign uh, besides getting the book out into the hands of the people? Started with the goal of $6,000 which I'm hoping is a low number. And we're already at $4,500, wow. a little over a day. It's a 30-day campaign, and they say that the first days and the last days are the biggest, you know, when you're dealing with Kickstarter. It'd be nice to break the $10,000 barrier. I can't deny that. The talent's already been paid. The, the artwork's done. It's in the process of being lettered. Yeah, that's why I was only able to give you part of the book to look at. By the time the campaign is done, the book will be totally complete. Depending on print turnaround times, it'll be in people's hands in April and May. Wow, that's a yeah. fast turnaround. I like to do it fast. I like to make sure people know that they're going to be getting something fast because I got more projects on the horizon and I want people to keep coming back to the name, Michael Katz. What are some of the other tiers that you're looking forward to showcasing to those that are supporting this campaign? Because I know you have a lot of great content from Ryder. I can't wait to see what you have here. We have a bunch of pages of original art from Neto Diaz, his pencils, and they're great pages. And, you know, just about every page you get is going to be chock full of action because he did the chapters three, four, and five of the book. And those are the ones that are the most action-packed. So they got a lot going on and he just did an amazing job. I think he's got this Neil Adams quality to his work. We also have commissions from Wright Earp artist Fred Bennis, who's got uh, quite a bit of a following of his own. And he contributes commissions to every project I do, and his commissions go pretty quickly. Anybody who's listening to this, you're looking at this podcast, jump at it before the commissions are all gone, because Fred is uh, an amazing artist on his own right. So let's talk about the characters, of course, of the golden years. Who are the, the main characters that we're, we're going to see initially? And why were they important for you to create for the series? The main concept came from a, a business partner of mine. He actually had an idea of getting a, a golden age character, probably one in the public domain, and putting them into the modern day. And I looked at all these characters, I did all my research, and I thought, you know what? I think I'd rather my own character. And I did. So I created uh, this character named Captain Future, who is kind of a hybrid between Superman and Captain America. He's got a, a team sidekick. He's got a great rogues gallery. He's from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, which is where I was born. No favoritism there. But I, I wanted to do something, uh, set it in, in a little different place because he's trapped by a villain in suspended animation. He comes 
out in 2023. He's pretty much forgotten by everybody during the 70-year period. And I thought uh, it'd be more likely if he was a secondary place like Philly than in a, a more superhero, clogged, congested place like New York City. I have him crossing paths with a modern-day Philly superhero character I came up with years ago. Um, originally, he was called the Fox, but I changed the name to the Night Fox because there are so many Fox characters out there, including one from Archie Comics, and then there's a a villain in the, the Spider-Man books. And uh, I have the descendant of the, the villain that captured him. Mm -hmm. And he's got his own team of villains who are out to kill Captain Future. It's about how Captain Future deals with losing 70 years, how he deals with the difference between 2023 and 1950. Half the time, he's asking people, don't you have a time machine by now? Can't anybody send me back in time to where I came from? I don't like this place. So it's it's got a lot of that fish out of water aspect to it. Characterization is pretty important to me. It's also got a lot of humor in the book. Just like Riot Earp got quite a bit of humor, a ton of action. So then what's the most misunderstood as aspect about the superhero genre that maybe people who aren't familiar with it uh, don't understand? I think people look at it as just tablum at this point. Um, they think that there are limited stories that can be told. Hero sees villain, hero punches villain, hero defeats villain. I don't see it like that. I think you can do a lot of characterization. You can do a lot with these people, with these heroes, to get readers invested in them and to get readers to identify with them. And to me, every time I create a character, I want to find some way for people to identify with them. Yeah, that's one thing I've I've been noticing are um, themes versus settings. It seems mm -hmm. to be, there seems to be a, a, a lot more merging of the two, or at least trying to get a little more distinction between the two. Tell us about some of the themes that you were working with, at least based on the, the two chapters I got to read, um, because I'm sure you don't want to spoil it for those that are mm -hmm. going to get the book here. The fish out of water aspect. Mm -hmm. I think everybody feels that way every day at some point. You know, you're overwhelmed, at times feeling alone, uncertain as to what to do. That, to me, is universal. That, to me, is something that everybody experiences. I wanted uh, this character to have that repeatedly happen to him. So the reader can say, hey, yeah, I feel that way too, you know, quite a bit. Uh, I get where this character is coming from. This is not some two-dimensional creation. This is someone that speaks to me from the page. It almost feels like uh, how we deal with imposter syndrome as well, too. It's probably just a different verbiage for it. Mm, right. That, and I've never been to Philly, so I, I wouldn't know about being a fish out of water. So. <laughs> as long as I don't say anything about their cheesesteaks, is that is, is that how I get under the radar? We don't care about the cheesesteaks. It's the, it's the sports teams you can't talk bad about. <laughs> I have many good ones up here, so you won't have to worry about that. You know, working with such uh, such iconic people, you must have picked up a few tips and tricks from them, either from a, a writing or a perspective from an art side of things, you know, as you're working together in, in terms of laying things out. I know you usually have a tight 
a, a tight plan when it comes to creating your comics. But what tips and tricks did you pick up from these amazing people that you're working with in this series? With respect to writing, make sure you have your own voice. Uh, don't try to be someone else. You know, be yourself. Write your own way. But when you've got a great artist, be prepared to change things. <laughs> be prepared to leave dialogue on the cutting room floor. Be prepared to leave pages on the cutting room floor because these guys know their stuff. You don't want to have an ego because you want the artist to do their absolute best. And even though most artists will do exactly what you want them to do, you really should give them room to breathe on their own because that just makes their work that much better. So then what did you edit out of the book? Balloons here and there, panels here and there. Nothing major. For the most part, this particular book came along pretty well. Even the letter will say, you know what? I don't think you need this dialogue here. I would cut it if it were me. And I look and I say, okay, let's do it. Well, like I said, that ends this particular episode of Two Geeks Talking. You can, of course, find this interview and past Michael S. Katz interviews on our website, tgtmedia.com or twogeekstalking.com. But they're more than likely going to be on our YouTube channel, which is a lot more updated than our website, which is youtube.com forward slash C forward slash TGT Media. And the podcast is back where we're going to have this interview and Michael's other interviews on as well, too, which is twogeekstalking.podbean.com. But you can find it on any of your other streaming services like iHeartRadio and Alexa and whatever else is out there. I don't know. There's about 13 of them. So check it out there as well, too. And as I say every week, everyone has a story to tell. It's up to me to help bring that out. Thanks for listening and watching on Two Geeks Talking. Thanks, uh, Kurt. Anytime, Mike.